Hi, welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that solves all your freelance problems one at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt of the training and coaching company, Dive Deeper Development. And I'm Katie Carlisle of The Wheel Exists, and I help people make lovely websites using Squarespace. So today we're going to talk about creativity, what to do if you're lacking creative inspiration. We all know what it's like to be stuck in a creative rut. And um, Katie, you and I were chatting about this and sometimes we think that creativity is just for creators. I'm air quoting on a podcast again. Um, (laughs) But actually it's an issue for all of us. What do you, I mean, why is it important to, to have creativity regardless whether you're a creative or not? Well, that's the thing, yeah, you, you've got this whole word creatives, which then implies that there's this sub- subsection of freelancers who are the only ones that have the creativity skills. And yes, of course, you do need to use creativity when you're doing kind of designing work and things like that. But nearly all types of freelance work that I can think of involve using creativity in some ways, whether that's to do problem solving or whether you are literally creating a product or you are creating a program for people to work on or whether you're using your creativity to think about how you're going to market yourself or how you're going to help to promote your clients or your customers. There's so much work that we do that relies on us having creativity and really just that that kind of thinking, I hate the phrase outside the box, so I'm not going to say that. Or blue sky thinking. If we all think outside the box, you've just got a bigger box. <laughs> it's just <an> empty <laughs> box left over. But <laughs> some way of of thinking in a way that is going to be a bit different or in in that's going to actually solve a problem or it's going to I'm trying to describe the word creativity without using the word create but create something where there isn't currently something so for me creativity is anything which changes the status quo isn't it yeah exactly exactly I never used to think of myself as a creative person because I wasn't visually creative Mm. but when I'm designing training for example I quite often have come up with new or novel ways of explaining something or helping people have a realization so I would say I was creative in my thinking yeah my methodology um you have to be very creative and people have said oh actually you're really creative with the training the way that the design that you do which was new so I then started to think of myself as more of a creative thinker even though I'm not a creative uh, even though I don't create visual stuff or musical stuff um it's definitely there and as you say these days whether it's mark even just marketing yourself yeah. or working out okay you've got a budget and you've got a way of you've got to figure out a way of delivering as much value as possible to the client within that budget that requires creative thinking yeah if you want to maximize that budget so we all need it a, a part of me is wondering as well what is creativity so people say oh so and so is really creative so do, i don't know what do you reckon is it an innate ability but then some people talk about the creative process is it a thing you can do again i think it depends on how you're defining creativity so when we're talking about creativity in this episode, we're going to use quite a broad definition. So yeah, some people are naturally better at drawing than other people. Some people are naturally more artistic than other people. However, I do believe that you can still learn those skills. If you spend enough time and practice, you can pretty much learn most skills. And, and you know, there's that, was it 10,000 hours of... of oh, to, to achieve mastery. To achieve mastery of something. But actually, we don't need to be masters of anything to be creative. We don't have to be the best illustrator out there to be creative. So I think it is something that you can learn. It will probably come more naturally to some people than others. Um, I think, for example, I would say I 
I would describe myself as quite analytic, but also quite creative in how I how I think about things. So yeah. I'm I, I'm quite lucky, I think, in that I I naturally find both kind of the logical stuff and the creative stuff to to make sense to me. But there's other things that I'm just like I don't understand this at all. How can anyone ever manage to do this? But if you spend enough time practicing it, then you can actually get good at it. So I think yeah, creativity quite... can be learned. I think there's probably a myth that 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 creatives almost like to kind of perpetuate is that oh no, well like you know no one else could do this because they're not a natural creative, followed by a hair flick. But actually, anyone can learn to to kind of flex their creative muscles, and I think that is what it is. It's almost like building up that that kind of creative muscle for whatever purpose you need it for. So yeah. I don't think it is innate. I think it probably is. It comes easier to some people than others. And also, depending on what your previous work's been, you might have been exposed to more creative practices. Or not enough. Or not enough creative practices. So then you might have to work a bit harder to do it. But I think probably, you, even if, like you were saying, Michelle, you don't think of yourself as creative, you probably are doing stuff that is, a lot, is quite creative if you're, again, thinking of new solutions to problems and stuff. That is creativity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good news to hear that we maybe be able to learn it. I agree. I think there is a certain amount of ability, but I think it's something you could definitely learn to do. And as you say, like a muscle, the more you do it, the better you get. So, and that's good news because on today's podcast, we do have, and I think we've got at least 10 uh, creativity techniques you can you can. Uh, follow in order to get out of a creative rut so we'll help you out with this as well um i think there's a process you can follow i think there are steps you can take to expand your creativity as well and i think there's a little bit of mindset in there also about the way that you think about things and i think that can um, and whether you identify as yeah whether you identify with that so i think that's key and i think as well because there's because actually, like we've already touched on, there are multiple types of creativity, aren't there? So you said there's, there's the visual side and there's the creative thinking. What other types of creativity might there be? I just think that some people are great with sounds or, or with talking or ideas. I think there's also organisational as well. Some people are great with structures. So uh, even if you work in like HR or in IT, that ability to almost hover over the whole thing and be right creative in the way that you see things linking together. So anything basically can do it. So I think um, regardless of what you do, I think you need creativity. I also think you need our creative tips, (laughs) which is so we'll share that with you today. Yeah, so you've got the skill, you've got the kind of the base level of skill, but then there's the actual how to implement it, the practical side of it. Just like you might be good with computers, but you might need some training to learn how to use a particular piece of software. So we'll see creativity is a bit like that. And then the, the specific kind of instance of the creativity and maybe stuff where you need to work a little bit to get better. And maybe identify where you're, where you're lacking in creativity as well. Yeah. Do a bit of a creativity audit and see how you see yourself as, you know, how creative do you find yourself in these different situations? And That's see. the most systematic creative thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, analytical and creative. <laughs> so, I mean, just before we actually kind of look at, what we can do to stop creativity and why sometimes we might feel lacking in it. Why do we actually need it in the first place? Well, I think we say all jobs kind of need that creativity, don't we? And I think without it, it becomes a little bit difficult. So if you, we can't, we get stuck in a rut. So one of the things we were we'll sort of cover off here is why creativity leaves us. We can become 
um, very fixed in our way of thinking. And I was reading a book called Your Brain at Work by David Rock recently, and he was he talks about insights, and he was saying or, or impasses, and where you reach an impasse or an impasse, depending on how northern or southern you are, um, he said uh, you know quite often when we get stuck in a rut, it comes down to being very focused on a single way of doing something. So let's say you have to think of a title for a blog, for example, and you're writing about I don't know sustainability. Um, the the more the harder you try to consciously concentrate on your sustainability blog or what it's going to be about, you get very fixed on that line of thinking. And of course, the more stressed or more frustrated you become, the more your threat response is activated. And again, the more closed you become in your thinking. And so it's very hard to get off the ideas you've, you've, you've thought of. So if we find ourselves when we're stuck at an impasse there and we're struggling, then that can really hold you back in your work. And a task that should take 10 minutes can end up taking the whole day um, because you get frustrated. So, so being able to actually kind of quickly get back into the kind of creative yeah. mindset can actually help us be more productive as well. It's not just a case of what we create, it's how long it takes us to create that and how efficiently and effectively we create it. Absolutely. And I think there is a bit of a skill there to spotting when you're lacking creativity as well. I think it's quite, um, it's very easy just to keep banging your head against a brick wall, keep doing the things that you've always done. Perhaps they worked in the past. Um, and then sometimes we're not always very good at spotting when we're lacking creativity or sometimes we do things and we get a bit stale like we've always done it that way but the world changes or the client change or we change and we fail to shift with it so I think there's a certain skill there into knowing when to spot that you need to mix things up or take a fresh approach to and I think as well if you're you're feeling a bit stressed or you know if you're feeling a bit anxious so you just kind of generally got a bit of a low mood I think that can really hinder your creativity sometimes but again in a way that means you don't necessarily necessarily realise that that's the problem. You know, you may be feeling frustrated and like, oh, this isn't working, but I don't know why. But you don't necessarily identify that actually it's a, it's that your creativity is struggling. Yeah, I think there's a number of things that could kill your creativity. There's a, there's a whole load there. I think one is familiarity, as you say. I, it's quite often we, we take an approach that worked in one circumstance and then we apply it to another without really stopping to think whether the, the actually that's a good fit still. Um, and like you say, anything that makes you a little bit fearful. So I'm going to talk about football. Um, England, um, depending on how dated this podcast becomes, England actually qualified for the semi-final for the League of Nations. And they're talking about why were this England team um, is so much better than previous incarnations, which were arguably more experienced and more talented. And one of the things that uh, Matthew Upson was saying was there's a lack of fear, this ability to experiment and play. So if you've got a deadline or you've got a lot at stake in terms to your stakeholders or your clients or you're putting pressure on yourself that you can't screw up that will kill your creativity again your threat response is activated it kills your innovation and you start to play it safe so um creating an environment where you have the freedom to play and experiment and actually make mistakes or have iterations is really really important well sometimes those mistakes is actually what leads you to be creative isn't it absolutely like each yes each thing you do that doesn't work teaches you a new thing and pings different ideas off which is really good and i've had it before where you know i've maybe i've maybe gone down a road and gone oh god no I've, i've messed that up or oh i this has not come out how I expected it to, it's then required me to actually figure out a way to get around that, which has then actually given me a really great idea for the future. So even just kind of 
learning in the long term but even in the short term finding a workaround to something where you maybe have failed can make you be even more creative in the future yeah and that's another thing that David Rock was saying as well in order to have really good uh, creativity or really good insights or innovations he was saying you know all the opposite things of what we've just said you need to be calm you need to be happy so in a good mood is really important you need to feel safe and free to experiment and try and play around with things and also to perhaps take a, br- a break from anything that's a little bit stressful and, and just take it take that step back and look at the picture so all of those things we needed to get into the right state for for coming up with new ideas and ways of doing things which is really key and we've talked about failure in one of our previous podcasts yep. as well and and actually how again trying to overcome that fear of failure can be so useful for freelancers and we talked about some specific tips so if you think it is the fear and the fear of failure that's holding you back go and check out that podcast that we did a few episodes ago as well because that can give you some specific tips around the failure aspect yeah but yeah familiarity bad mood stress physical tiredness uh threat pressure all of those things are going to be creativity killers so it's really important to spot when we are stuck down a path that isn't leading anywhere so what do we need for creativity to happen? I think the first thing, I think you've got to get into the right state or get you do your preparation right and get into the right position or environment for creativity. My, my big tip, I think, if you get really, really stuck with the creative, creative aspect is just to move. I mean, physically move your body. So quite often you'll be slumped over a desk, head over a, P- a PC or a laptop, and um, yeah, this very kind of fixed, not very inspiring kind of physical position. So I think getting up, moving around, you know, creativity is quite a high energy state. So walking, jumping, I know people who do star jumps, just, uh, you know, anything uh, like that can really, really help break the state that you're in. There is suggestion that if you are standing up, it, you are much more likely to have creative ideas. So if you think about businesses where people have whiteboards yeah. or flip charts, and I know you've got a whiteboard mm-hmm. in your office where you're still at writing things, actually, there's not just um, about a visual thing. Actually, the physiology of that is much, much better for creativity. So the first thing is just move. And actually, one of the things that we did, um, Michelle, when we, we, you know, we've done a few kind of away days where we've done strategy things with one of our other freelance friends, Katia, and actually, one of the things that some one of us had read about this activity where you ask questions to yourself and you write the answers with your right your your kind of normal dominant hand that you would write with and then you ask the same question to yourself and you write the answer with your other hand so in my case i'm normally right-handed so i'd ask questions write the answers in my right hand and then write the same answer the same question with my left hand and it did produce different responses it was so interesting you're using a different part of your brain exactly and so actually and again if you're feeling a bit stuck and creative then try you know, again try switching it up like try try and trick your brain almost into not behaving in exactly the same way as it always does because you'll end up with the same, same results. results as you always do <laughs> but the other thing that was good about those was we changed the environment so i think to get into the right state to, to, to be creative change your environment as well so we've used beach huts shepherd's huts we like huts uh, yeah we've, <laughs> we've worked sh- outside shed. on my decking before now yeah we've done sheds so it is well known to try the tested practice getting out of the environment where you're stuck you'll probably as you say do the same thing get the same results but even a walk going outside working from a different office literally uh, well, changing your environment can help with your yeah. creativity. So even if you're good at creating in your office, just step outside. Yeah. And Do even it. sometimes I'll just move from sitting at my 
desk at my, at my kind of normal chair to sitting on the beanbag. Yes. I always feel so creative when I'm on a beanbag because I pretend I'm in some kind of hipster short Marketing office. company, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With a, with a slide to get down from the top yeah. floor. Uh, <laughs> do you know some people take that to an extreme? I have heard of people literally lying on the floor to get a new perspective. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally changing perspective. <laughs> That's probably not going to work for me. But yeah, you can do it. I think so what else helps us to get in that right state? I think that just, I said before, you can't really be creative in a really um, stressed or um, or a low mood. I think eating, drinking and sleeping right is absolutely key as well. Um, I know when I have to do quite cognitively demanding work, if I haven't had a good night's sleep, it's an absolute nightmare. So I tend to take a nap um, and restore some of the energy. I mean... Coffee will go so far, it, it, it will really help. I, I'm not uh, going to start taking drugs, so I think it's going to have to be coffee, but I, I, I think sleep. Yeah, that's I, not one of our 10 tips. Not one of our 10 tops. Um, I think, yeah, honestly, just water, hydration and sleeping. And if I haven't got those right, I probably would first put a call to be sleep and have a drink and make sure that I've and just eaten decent food as opposed to junk so you're physically able to do it. I think that's really key too. And I think knowing when you're creative as well, you know, in, in the kind of day, there are probably phases when you feel more creative than others and actually tapping into that natural creativity. So a lot of people find that they're most creative in the mornings. I am not a morning person. I've probably said that before in the podcast. If I was left unchecked and I had nothing to actually get up for, I would be like a student sleeping until the middle of the day. Whereas in the evening, that's when I really find that I am creative. And so sometimes I'll just, if if I'm on a roll, I'll just stay up until kind of two o'clock in the morning working not because I've got a deadline but just because actually that's when I really am creative um, when I was at uni I used to have a very odd cycle of yeah staying up until kind of 2am and getting up at 11 and but that worked for me it's just a shame that that, that doesn't really when society kind of is no, awake and so but we, <laughs> shopping is a bit problematic when you're doing that not if you've got 24 hour shots <laughs> that's but, true but this is true and we all know about circadian rhythms now yeah, and everybody yeah. has different rhythms so you've got your night owls and your early morning people I'm not early or late so kind of mid-morning to yeah, mid-afternoon yeah. is optimum but that's that's really important point knowing. because if you do your e- if the first thing you do is check all your emails first thing in the morning then you've probably not got a lot of mental energy left uh, so if you've got a really big task that needs a bit of creativity I would suggest just get stuck into that first. Yeah, get, before anything else has a chance to sap away that use that energy. creative juice. It's yeah, good. yeah. And then I think the other the other bit of research as well is that they, and they've done various studies on this that if you want to be creative, the other thing you can do to help yourself is take a break. But they reckon don't they? They did three tests: one of people that didn't take a break, uh, one of people that took a break and did nothing, and the third one was people who took a break but did uh, solved another problem or worked on something else. And by far and away, the most successful group were the people that took a break but applied their brain to something else. And this is true again. David Rock that's was surprised. That's counterintuitive, isn't it? You yeah. think actually giving your brain a rest from the creativity would actually be better rather than keeping it going. And all you're doing is switching your brain off, and yeah. apparently it doesn't help. And Dave, again, David Rock was saying this. He says, actually, where we have our best ideas, it's not your conscious part of your brain that comes up with the best ideas. That you, the conscious part of your brain is great for concentration, great for focus, great for analytical stuff, such as doing your bookkeeping or solving a maths problem. 
this kind or a technical issue. He said the bit that comes up, the creativity or the insights, is the bit of your brain that takes ideas from lots of other different parts of the brain and cobbles them together like an entrepreneur or inventor creating <laughs> something new. And he said that part of your brain is the unconscious part of your brain, your autopilot. So he says the optimum thing, and the reason why this taking a break and doing another activity works, is that your conscious part of your brain is now on something else, and because you've been putting your brain to that problem, the unconscious part of your brain is wearing over, solving the problem in the background. So the optimum way to do this, uh, or a good example, is if you're driving on a car journey, you are conscious, you are so familiar with driving a car most of the time that your mind wanders and this is why you get your best idea on your morning drive or in the shower, shower. <laughs> uh, and so on and so forth uh, or staring out the window of the bus on the way into town so actually those places are great for your creativity so take a break apply your brain to something else and when you come back you should be able to go at it a lot more successfully and I guess that same kind of rationale presumably is why actually after a kind of good night's sleep you kind of wake up with ideas like my partner's danish if we ever have any creative problem ever he's like oh let's sleep on it that's what the danes do the danes always say sleep on it and then the idea will come to you in the morning and when you're doing kind of to-do lists and stuff there's a lot of kind of suggestions of write down what you want to achieve the night before because then in the morning your brain's already had a chance to kind of work on it overnight yeah don't overload your brain because you won't sleep yeah but you're so (laughs) so true if you think about your key priorities or my big three for tomorrow or the number one thing i'm going to get stuck in tomorrow yeah sure while you're asleep your unconscious will be wearing away and you are more likely to get in it interesting though another way to do it of course is just to get stuck in they do say if you crack the first 10 minutes of a task again you're engaging your brain on the task in hand therefore the the inspiration will flow if we put it off and wait till we're feeling creative we're probably not going to get anywhere either so there's a nice balance between doing taking a break and sleeping on it yeah sometimes you probably do need to schedule in when you're going to do something and that might not coincide with your natural creativity but there are still ways to do it so let's have a look at some of these practical techniques michelle of how we can actually kind of get those creative juices flowing yeah okay so here's some set techniques that katie and i uh, have used or are aware of the, fir- the first one is get new associations. So number one, get new associations. So I mentioned before that insight comes from when we're picking ideas or making associations from different parts of the brain rather than concentrating hard on the solution. So anything that gets new perspectives or new- creates new essential, these little um, links, these little pings going off in your brain between ideas is going to help. Um, there are way- different ways that um, people do it. You can do something like just flick through a dictionary and pick like the 10th word on the third paragraph or the pick the fifth word down you could do a google search and then pick like a word in the 10th entry you could look at a billboard as you're walking down the road and say right the first image i see i'm going to use that one and then what you do is you literally list down all the associations so if you're a fan of Mallet's Mallet as a kid, this will be oh. one for you. <laughs> so I'm looking at your wall, I can see, I don't know, a paper aeroplane or something, like a picture of a paper aeroplane. What associations do I make with paper aeroplane? Paper, flights, sky, birds, plane, write all these down. And that act of generating new association words should start to fire off different things. So as you start to look down your list, no, that's not gonna help you solve a coding problem, but actually just that act of coming up with different associations will stimulate new thoughts, new directions, and they should help you get going. Yeah, with um, <laughs> my partner and I have a side business um, doing kind of apps and software stuff. And I remember last Boxing Day, 
because this is how rock and roll we are, we spend most of our boxing day in a food coma, but also trying to think up a name for a particular app that we were working on. And yeah, we must have tried so many of those different options, but it was really helpful to narrow it down. The main barrier was that most of the domain names were already taken for yeah. those things that we came up with. But yeah, exactly, that, that kind of associations and getting yourself thinking beyond that kind of narrow focus that we talked about earlier where we are stuck in a rut and this is how we think about things and these are the first three words that we always think about when this term comes to mind but actually do you think almost doing that preps your brain even if you are trying to solve a coding problem okay word association isn't going to solve that problem but do you think it puts your brain into a more creative way of thinking to then tackle another problem? It does. It does literally light up different parts of the brain and it's that ability to draw from those and uh, even the ones you would have dismissed. And also like your business name, for example, one person will have one association with the word. The other person will say, well, that just sounds a bit corporate or that sounds, oh, I associate that more with medicine than I did with computing or various things. And just, just, you know, just seeing those different perspectives will help. Um, I had another one that which is quite practical. Now, this is quite good if you're quite a logical, analytical people. So a second one I suggest is you can create a kind of matrix. So if you like lists, this one's a good one for you. So imagine you were trying to organise a birthday party, for example, and you wanted to be really creative. You could pick three factors. So to use our birthday party example, we could have uh, location, uh, theme for the party and cuisine, for example. And if you wrote down on a piece of paper, all three of those headings, and then under each heading, take them one at a time, write a list of all the different options you have in the category. Now you're not trying to scrutinize or analyze any of them at the moment. Um, you're just writing them down. So I did this with a group of colleagues once and under location, we wrote down all the locations it could be in. And you had the normal restaurant, car park, garden, office. Um, someone said on the moon, that's what I was thinking. On the moon. I was thinking moon, yeah. Yeah, so all these different ones. So we weren't analysing or get rid of them. We're just putting them down. We did that all for all three categories. So at the end of it, we had three lists. And then what you do, once you've got your three lists, um, you literally randomly pick a, a, an item from each of the three lists and put them together. So I think we had something like... Um, we had something like kids birthday party with Mexican cuisine on the moon and, and you just come up almost like um, a one-armed bandit you know like a fruit machine pull the label imagine one of the, each of the spinning three spins rounds. round and you get three random ones and you work with it and of course somebody said well of course we can't have the party on the moon but then someone was like ah oh, we can't have it on the moon but could we make dress up the room in a moon-like theme could we uh, pretend that you know we're walking in gravity or something <laughs> um, you know cheese came to mind you know? <laughs> so even when you dismiss an idea it forces you to think about things differently and you start to say well we can't do that no but we could do something similar or we could do something else so just different combinations of that matrix from your three parts of the list will help you do things a bit differently and actually even a simplified version of that if you just give yourself a timed kind of limit and ask yourself to write down as many words as you can come up with or as many ideas as you come up with within that time then that can actually be good because you're you're taking the pressure off to get the right answer and you're just saying at this point we're just going to say anything is fine the moon is all good it's a legitimate venue yeah yeah and you know for something if you're thinking about you're thinking oh i haven't got any blog posts to write i haven't got anything to to say i don't know what you know i don't know what i can what what courses i could offer just give yourself you know 60 seconds and write down as much as you can or give yourself two minutes give yourself as much as you can in that time 
And of course, 90% of the ideas will probably be fairly dreadful, but there might be a few gems in there that you wouldn't have got if you hadn't have started that process. Yeah, they say free writing is quite yeah, good. You literally yeah. get your pen and just start writing. Yeah, well, there's morning pages as well. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's uh, It was from somebody... Um, I think the website's called The Artist's Way or something, and it was from somebody who basically wanted to be a creative writer, and they were finding it really hard to get started with writing in the morning. So they would do something where for... I can't, I can't remember, it was either for a set amount of time or a certain word count, but they had to just write constantly for that for that yeah. timed period, five, five, ten minutes or whatever it was, they had to write, it didn't matter what it was, just that, exactly that, that flowing thought, just writing it down, then A, got them, got the stuff out of the head that was blocking them, yeah. so you know, all that stuff of, oh I've got to go and do the shopping, I've got to do this, and oh I've got this, and oh I'm a bit worried about that, getting that down and out of your system, then paves the way for the creativity but it also gets used to just just doing it like you said if you can nail the first 10 minutes of something you can keep going so it got them in the habit of writing and actually one way you can do that if you you know if you think i've not got time or i just don't want to i can't type fast enough or can't write fast enough to to kind of get it out of my head on time one of the things i do sometimes if i'm driving somewhere for example i'll just have the audio um recorder on my phone on and i will literally speak that that same thing so if I've got to think of something creatively for the first 10 minutes or something I'll just I'll just record myself and the reason I record it is a so it feels like I'm actually kind of capturing it somewhere otherwise I'm just talking to myself and so I sort of pretend almost I've got a virtual assistant and I'm talking (laughs) to Um, but also I record it so that if there is anything that comes out of that that I want to refer back to later I've actually still got it recorded and I can go back and and kind of unpick it a bit more even if that wasn't the original intention for it. No, that's good. And that's another brain-friendly tip as well, Katie. So did you know that your brain can only hold so much consciously at one point in time? So they do say that if you capture your ideas somewhere, your brain no longer has to hold them. So imagine I give you 10 things to hold, you would drop some of them. But if you could place a couple of them in a basket or on a shelf and then come back to them later, as you say, your brain doesn't have to worry about holding them. You just hold the ones that are most important. Exactly. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the foundations of the kind of... um, the productivity technique getting things done that's so it's a book by david allen i think we've mentioned it in the past and we'll certainly cover it when we do our productivity episode but it's this idea of having a trusted system where you can put those things and download the stuff from your brain into this trusted system so that then again you don't have to be constantly remembering all this stuff because normally when you remember it it's not the opportune time like you say you have your best ideas in the shower, shower so. <laughs> what else can we do then there's a couple there's some other ones as well i mean we talked about um we talked about um, associations. If you're struggling with your associations, you can also do a for, what's called a forced analogy technique. And this is where you force a relationship between unrelated things. So for example, I don't know, um, why is being a freelancer like a washing machine? And then what you do is you write down- <laughs> That's the, the title of my next blog post, right there. That's it, there we go. <laughs> and then you write down the attributions of a washing machine, like a spin cycle, or water, the, water, the bit where the water goes in, don't know what that's called. You can tell I don't read my instructions on my washing machine. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the cycle you talk about the soap dish you can talk about all the other elements of a washing machine and then you force elements of the other thing your product or service into that analogy so why is being freelance like a washing machine well sometimes it's like, like you're drowning in water it's like yeah you work busy times <laughs> like a spin cycle every day seems like it's going round and round, round and, and round. round but then there's also the fact it feels fresh and exciting and invigorating and so on and so forth so you can start to force your products and service um, and that can really really um, help you as well another interesting thing you can do is you can uh, just go for the reverse so if you're struggling with what something is you can start by focusing on what it 
it isn't. So how do I make customer service really, really bad? And if I were to <laughs> screw up every aspect of my service or product, how what would I do to have to really screw it up the worst? And sometimes just focusing on what would make terrible sales or terrible customer service um, then starts to help you flip it the other way and think what good customer service would be. So if you thought about how can I make the buying process as difficult as possible, write that down. What you probably find is you might actually be doing some of those things, but then if we want you know what problems people have, you can then start to come up with more creative solutions. So reversing it is another way of doing it too. What else can we do? So um, one of the things that we kind of mentioned earlier is changing your perspective. Um, so, so actually one of the kind of practical tips is to look at something from a different perspective. So Michelle, how can we do that in a kind of like in a really practical way if we can't change our physical perspective how can we mentally kind of change our perspective yeah so I, one of the kind of practical I'm going to call this the boring version and no no disrespect to Edward de Bono but he has his six hats theory so the, if people use the six hats technique uh, you can google it I'll, I'll go over it very briefly but is to look at a problem with kind of different hats or from different perspectives so he Edward de Bono had his white hat one which is the one that's all about facts and data we could do it with a red hat on so looking at the problem from the emotional point of view or the intuitive point of view if we then changed our perspective and look at it from the black with our black hat on we'd then start to look at the problem and say um where are the barriers what are the what are the challenges to overcome and we start to look at it through the lens of judgment and caution his yellow hat if we look at it from the yellow perspective was to look at it from the logical point of view whereas if you look at it with your green hat on you consider all the alternatives and then look at it with your blue hat on is kind of lifting yourself up and out and looking at it from different um, perspectives so oversight or looking at the process as a whole so different ways of approaching a problem making sure that you've looked at the problem from all six perspectives or if you do it in a group each person in the room has a different brief so I had a colleague that's a black hat thinker she will you tell her something and she'll always look at the problem straight away and sometimes that's perceived as being quite negative but actually you need someone who's going to throw up the potential barriers so you can preempt and overcome them so you won't necessarily be that kind of person but you could do you could do that from six perspectives there are other ways of doing it too though yeah the, so the, if you if you kind of can't quite get your head around the, the the hats thing or if it just doesn't kind of really inspire you or get you thinking that way you could also think of it from the perspectives of different people but it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that you work with or anything else you could think about okay how would this be from the perspective of my customer so that's that's kind of obvious one but then you can get a bit creative. You know, we talked about having parties on the moon before. What would be the perspective from, or, you know, what would be the perspective if we looked at it from Dumbledore's point of view? What about if you were looking at it from your dad's point of view? What about if it was looking at it from the perspective of an eight-year-old or a what, clown? Or, what would Graham Norton like, say Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway. so, so you can think about it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody that is actually representative of your customer. But again, it just gets you thinking creatively. You know, what, what, would, what would a fictional character say about this? What would a real person say about this? How, you know, the other option is how would you explain it to those people as well yeah, exactly just, again to to get you thinking about how you'd articulate something in a different way and again just if if you're used to explaining something in a particular way you'll tend to fall into a, a sort of bit of almost a sales patter about it and it will you'll always choose the same words so if you've got to think about explaining it to somebody else or you know through the medium of interpretive dance perhaps, <laughs> then yeah. how else would you explain it and that again 
gets you out of your kind of comfort zone of your your normal way of being and gets you out of that rut absolutely and of course if you do it doesn't matter if you know the person either you probably attribute certain qualities to them so i think double door is quite wise what would a wise person tell me you might think of an eight-year-old as being quite challenging but not having a good knowledge how would they what criticisms would they make so there's different yeah eight-year-olds ask a lot of questions so what kind of questions might they ask back so you can actually even create a dialogue going there it doesn't have to just be a kind of one way kind of input from them you could imagine a conversation with an eight-year-old what questions would they ask what would what questions would an older person ask yeah uh, you know someone who understands the industry someone who doesn't understand your industry layman's terms exactly yeah no different perspectives are really good and i think different perspectives um are, are a technique um in nlp we use perceptual positions where you literally try and body the person so you you stand or sit as they would sit you hold their body language you really enter who that person is and it always gives you fresh insight or perspectives which is key if you're feeling quite self-destructive and you like breaking things apart you could completely explode your products or service so what you could do is ideally you, not literally not literally please don't actually break it um <laughs> or, or delete your website but you could <laughs> you could break your product or service apart and list absolutely every feature or attribute about it then you could tweak those attributes so it's a physical product if i've got a phone it's got a screen it's made of glass or gorilla glass it's got a plastic back it's got its battery you can list all of those and then you can start to challenge and question them so for coaching for example um, does a coaching session have to take place sitting down could it be done while swimming in the sea katie i know you like the sea yeah uh, probably that's not going to be practical but then i was thinking well could we do a coaching session by the sea and then well, we've seeing... done coaching in your camper van before now and, and at a beach so in the hills and exactly yeah. or then i thought oh but what if you did a coaching session in the spa like the sea is relaxing what yeah. if you were like chilling out in the spa so again it, you know the practicality no my first thought you can't have a coaching session in the sea you swallow too much seawater but you could start to do it so each aspect of your product or service break it apart question interrogate every part of the process could that part of the process be different in some way or another so i think that's a breaking it apart is another good one as i've well. literally got so many ideas just from this podcast so that's another tip <laughs> do, a, do, do a podcast episode about creativity and you'll have blog post ideas and spa coaching ideas you're sorted there you go loads of different maybe not ideas. ideal for web training when there's all the water around but again we'd figure it out yeah <laughs> and one that goes really well with the breaking it down or the exploding your product or service one is it's, it's quite a famous one again you can google it it's called scamper but it stands for um substitute combine a adapt, magnified, put to other uses, eliminate or reverse. So once you've broken down your product, can I substitute something I do already? Can I combine things that I already do? So different services or ideas, can I adapt what I already have and repurpose it? Can you repurpose your blog post for a podcast, for example, would be a good one. Could I magnify something? Could I really dial up something, you know, make it bigger? Or zoom in as well, I guess. Zoom in on something. And take just one element that's been maybe a part of your training or your blog post and then create that as a standalone product as well yeah or, or just this service i mean you yeah. know with coaching sometimes it's good to make people uncomfortable to hold up like a, a kind of mirror could i really magnify that part of what we do and make people really uncomfortable and really really hold up a mirror so they make them squirm in their seats <laughs> now actually that's probably people aren't probably going to pay you for that but that then starts to think of ideas actually what could i do what if i dialed up that bit of the, the process of the service and um, you can start to have a bit of fun you can put things that you already have to other uses so what else could you use them for um you can other parts you can now eliminate altogether that your product or service has evolved or can you again reverse it or do the opposite of what you currently do so that's what scamper stands for 
And I think another thing we can do as well is, you know, these are all stuff that you can do on your own if you're lacking creativity. But one of the things that I found is actually because of, partly because of my personality type, but just the thing that I find it does apply to most people, if you're stuck in a rut, going out and talking to other people can really help to unlock that creativity. Because it's almost like a shortcut to that other perspective. Rather than you having to try and think of all the perspectives, go and talk to actual people and they have other perspectives ready and waiting for you. Yes. And I know a lot of people when they've come to the freelance folk co-working sessions that I run, they, they'll they say, oh, I was just feeling a bit uninspired and I was feeling a bit lacking creativity and I'm now buzzing with ideas to take back home with me because it's either been a chance for you to almost talk through your own ideas to someone else and you kind of have the answer within you most of the time, but just having someone else to kind of bounce those ideas off really helps. But also, like you say, other perspectives and other ways of thinking about it, that even if you'd have been super creative, you might not have quite got to because your brain works differently to other people's. Yeah, and they're always going to ask you things that you wouldn't have thought of before. So I agree, Katie, talking to someone is absolutely key, not least because it will make you feel a bit better and that will put you in a better state for having more ideas, which is always good. Yeah. So look, I think there's been at least 10, there's probably some like 11 or 12 there, so there's a few different ideas for you. So I think there's some, some key techniques for how to be creative and I hope that's helped people or give them some inspiration of things that you can do and we'd love to hear your tips for unlocking creativity as well yeah so, so you can, we can reach out to us we're both on twitter so I'm Katie I'm at the wheel exists on twitter and I yeah you can reach out to me I'm Michelle at dive deep Deep DVP uh, at DIVDEP DVP. I need to get a short one. <laughs> um, Development is too long. I know, that's why. So, yeah, you can reach out. But, yeah, tell us your creativity tips. And if you've tried any of the techniques uh, that we've described and you've got a tweak or a little hack for them, do let us know. And if we've missed any, of course, tell us. We're always keen to hear new ones. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then do please subscribe to it to hear our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. We generally release them every week on a Monday. We're trying to, to stick to that schedule. <laughs> so hopefully it will kind of pop up on your device. Um, but until then, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on 99 Problems, But A Boss Ain't One. <laughs>